Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. morning to those of you in the house and good morning to those online with us. We just welcome you here today. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Carolyn and I'm part of the team here at Bridge City Church and Bridge City North. It's great to be here today. Psalm 103 verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. And that message of communion was awesome. Thank you, Scott. A really good reminder of what it is all about. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege and honour that it is to come together to worship you today. Thank you for the word you have placed on my heart. And I ask that as I speak it forth, you'll use it to draw each one of these dear ones closer to you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name, amen. I want to begin this morning by asking a question, or a few questions. What do we as Christians do with the pain and tragedy that inevitably comes into our lives at some point in time? What do we do with physical and mental illness, with cancer, divorce, loss of a job, or death of a loved one? What do we do with loss of income or fear and isolation through the effects of COVID? What do we do with the effects of war as is currently in the Ukraine? People being killed, children orphaned, people who have lost everything, forced to flee their own country. What do we do when we as a church lose our dearly loved pastor who was faithful to God and served him faithfully when we lose him to a deadly disease? What do we do? What do we do with our grief when terrible tragedy happens to beautiful godly people? What do we do when we are mourning over the consequences of our own sin? We know we have our saviour Jesus, as Scott was just talking who died for our sins and all the brokenness in our world. We know when we are walking with him that we have eternity to look forward to in heaven. But meanwhile, while we are living here on earth, what do we do with our pain and our grief? I want to invite you to take a journey with me into a book in the Old Testament, a book that many of us may avoid because of its depressing tone. And in the past... I also kind of skipped quickly over it because of that tone. But I have a new love for it. It's the book of Lamentations. Pastor Colin Smith says, God's word speaks to every area and experience of our lives. Sadly, no one gets to go through life without experiencing grief and pain at some point. Lamentations is an entire book devoted to God speaking his word into our grief and sorrow. The reference to tears doesn't end in the first chapter. Anyone who has experienced terrible loss knows that tears don't dry up so quickly. 
Lamentations is a book of laments or mourning. The dictionary describes lament as being a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Lament is the historic prayer language for hurting Christians. It provides a biblical vocabulary and a model for talking to God about our pain or helping those who are walking through suffering. We find lament in various places in the Bible, including in the book of Psalms and Job. The ancient Israelites and other Near East cultures of the time used lament as a way of expressing their deepest grief, pain and despair. And anybody who's, who knows anything about psychology or has experienced some counselling or psychology knows that to talk it out, to bring out the things that you're going through um, is actually quite a healing thing in itself. So that's what the people were doing. They were crying out um, in lament. The book of Lamentations gives expression to the most incredible grief ever experienced by the nation of Israel up until that time. They were giving voice to despair, anguish and suffering they experienced following the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. It was the most traumatic and difficult situation they had ever experienced. So over many years, um, prophets had been speaking to the people of Israel um, because they had been rebellious, turning away from God, worshipping other gods and doing all kinds of stuff that God had told them not to do. And Jeremiah was one of these prophets in the book just before Lamentations. He was warning the people, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to turn back to God or judgment is coming. God is going to bring judgment. But sadly, the people didn't listen. So after repeated warnings about their behavior in the year 507, uh, sorry, 587 BC, the unthinkable happened. The Babylonians invaded. They burnt down the temple. Now, the people of Israel, their whole life was around the temple. That's where they came. This is before Jesus came and died for our sins. So that's where they came to get forgiveness for their sins by bringing their sacrifices. That was where they came to worship their God. It was a very holy place. That's where they came to experience God was their temple. So their temple had been burnt down. Their houses had been burnt down. Before all of this, they had been, um, they'd been starving. Their water supply had been cut off and they were, there was a siege for a long time before um, they actually burnt everything down. And so the people had nothing and then they were carted off as exiles by the Babylonians. So horrific. It was the most horrific catastrophe they had ever suffered to that time. God had used, the other thing that's horrific to them was that God had used the Babylonian army to bring judgment upon his own people at that time. Now, we don't have to suffer God's judgment because we have, we're under the blood of Jesus. So, but this is, back then, um, they had to uh, suffer the things that they were being warned about. God was warning and warning and warning, if you don't repent, if you don't turn back, judgment is coming and God was true to his word. The judgment came. How could they comprehend no longer having a home, a city to live in, a temple to worship that God in? They were in exile. They were confused. They were frightened. And they were in very deep grief. Their family members had been killed. They had lost their homes and everything dear to them. Where was their God? Had he deserted them? People who don't know God can say these things happen. Stuff happens because it's a cruel world. The unique problem faced by us as believers 
is that we know our God is ultimately in control and yet we still have to walk through difficulties that are sometimes unbearable. We don't understand and we cry out to God. Lamentations consists of five chapters where Jeremiah is mostly expressing the terrible things that had happened and the grief he is feeling. But I want to focus on chapter 3 today. It describes so much suffering. It speaks of verse 2 of being in darkness, verse 7 of being trapped and weighed down, verse 10 of being afraid, verse 14 of being humiliated, verse 15 of bitterness, verse 17 of being in turmoil, and verse 18 of being exhausted. You can have a look later if you want to. Have you ever been weighed down by, by issues? Have you experienced times of utter darkness and depression? I know I have. Have you ever been humiliated? I have. Have you ever been afraid or felt bitterness or exhaustion? Have you suffered PTSD from traumatic events? The Bible speaks to the most painful passages of life. And right in the middle of the book of Lamentations in chapter 3 is where our hope lies in the midst of unthinkable difficulties. Let's have a look at our scripture. Lamentations 3, 17 to 26. Peace has been stripped away and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Jeremiah, in verses 17 to 20, was feeling God had deserted him. He was devastated by the consequences of sin. He said, peace has been stripped away. I've forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Jeremiah had lost his peace. He no longer had prosperity and he felt he had lost all that he hoped for in God. He was expressing his grief and deep anguish. And I don't know if you realize it, but expressing grief and deep anguish to God is actually a form of worship. Just think about that because you're acknowledging that God is God. He is there and you're talking to the only one who can do anything about it. The only one. So it is grief-filled prayers of pain while seeking God are among the deepest expressions of God-centered worship. We're being real with God. Crying out to God, telling him how terrible things are, Pouring out our feelings is an acknowledgement that we know God is there. An acknowledgement that ultimately he is the only one who can help us. Who can help us through or bring change to a situation that's beyond our control. Crying out to God reminds us that he is there even in our very darkest times. 
Jesus cried out to God as he was hanging on the cross in his darkest hour. In the midst of Jeremiah's pain and suffering, as he cried out to God, he remembered that God had proven himself faithful in bringing the catastrophe that he had promised if the people didn't repent. So Jeremiah remembered God said he would do this if we didn't. And then he said God was faithful in that. So he, 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 did, he wasn't lying. He brought about this. God can't lie, by the way. But he brought about what he said was going to happen. And then that reminded him God's faithful in that. He's also faithful in everything else that he says too. So it reminded him of God's faithfulness and that God is true to his word in every way. So here's where the hope is, reading from verse 21. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. As Jeremiah thought about these things in the midst of his grief, he was reminded of God's faithfulness and mercy. He remembered that God is a God of hope and every day is a new beginning in him. I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful for new days and new beginnings. The Oxford Dictionary's definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So obviously God could punish us easily. Um, it means to pity, show compassion or offer kindness to someone. But God chooses to show mercy. And he chose to put his punishment on Jesus so that we don't have to bear it. Continuing for verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Ultimately, Jeremiah knows that God is the source of everything he needs and he trusts that as he waits on God in humility and in repentance, God will come and rescue him. Lamentations is a book that models a right response to grief and suffering, the response of crying out to God. God knows how we are feeling. He's not shocked by it. Crying out and telling him how we feel is being honest beforehand and it gives voice to the grief in a healthy way rather than suppressing it and letting bitterness take root. There was a time in my life during a really difficult season and there have been a few over the years. When you live a few years, stuff happens. Um, and there had been a long difficult season and as I tried to walk in what was going on, I found myself going to a place where I was thinking, God knows about this. He, he's allowing it, so um, maybe I deserve it. And so therefore I've got to put up with it. And um, it, was, it was not right thinking. Uh, it was distorted thinking. But what it made me do was pull away from the very one who could help me. Because while I was thinking that this was all okay with God... Um, even though a part of me knew it wasn't. Um, while I was thinking that, what it did was make me, it made me just 
pull back. So I couldn't pray so easily. I couldn't read the word. I couldn't worship God so easily. I never lost my faith in God. Uh, I knew God was real. I knew he was there. But I felt like he wasn't there for me. And so that kind of bitterness, um, I guess, started to take root and it created a wedge between myself and God. Whereas what I should have been doing was just crying out to God, um, this is how I feel. I feel like this is not right. I feel like this is not fair. I feel like this is really hard. I feel like I can't do this anymore. Um, Help. Help me, Lord. That's what I should have been doing. So um, if I can just encourage anyone else in a difficult time, don't, don't think that. God is not there for you, that his heart's not breaking, that he doesn't want to reach out his arms and help you because he absolutely does. He's there for you for every situation and he loves you. And don't ever forget that. He loves you. So um, lament is a good thing. Laments turn toward God when sorrow tempts you to run from him, John Piper says. Lamenting is an invitation to pour out our hurt, pain and sorrow and to trust that God is big enough to handle us in our mess. It's a powerful act of trusting God with our deep fears and disappointments, with our grief and hurt, often in times when we feel like bursting from carrying it all on our own shoulders. When we allow ourselves to lament, to truly grieve in the presence of our Father, our souls are freed to fully go to the deep, sometimes dark, places where with Jesus we can find healing and he begins to replace our mourning with dancing. He exchanges our sorrow for joy. Even as I'm looking around at your beautiful faces, I know people have experienced some really tough stuff, really tough stuff. And, um, yeah, we just let God know. That is why David could dance amid the chaos That's why so many of his psalms started off really sad and ended up with praise and thanksgiving. They ended up with praise and declaring the goodness of God, like we sang about this morning. David had been there many a time. He knew the pain and loss, but he also knew the kindness of God. For him, that made it worth it. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Even if I know I've handled today really badly and, um, Lord, why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I do that? Forgive me, Lord. You know, as I wake up on this new day, I can wake up knowing I am completely forgiven, completely loved, and he has given me his mercy to walk in a new day and the same with if if we're just suffering under illness or grief or anything he will give us what we need for that day to to walk through that day the faithfulness of God is different from the faithfulness of men humans can change it's possible for a person who's faithful to become unfaithful it's possible for a a, um, a person who's unfaithful to become faithful, but God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the Old Testament, Malachi writes, I, the Lord, do not change. The very nature of God is unchanging. The theological word used to describe this aspect of God is that he is immutable. 
he will not change. God is faithful to his promises and he has promised that his faithfulness will never end and his mercies begin afresh every morning. It is such a comforting scripture in the midst of so much hardship. God's mercies are new every morning. That means no matter what has happened the day before, no matter what we have been through, no matter how disappointed we might be in ourselves, um, no matter what somebody else has done to us, no matter how we have messed up, what we are going through, God's mercies are there for us. There are new ones just to help us through in this new day. He will never abandon us. He walks with us as we journey through all of life's difficult seasons and in the good times. He is definitely there in the good times as well. No, no matter how bad the previous day has been, we, God's people, can look to him for his compassion and new mercies every morning. Lamentations also reminds us of the dire consequences of sin and shows us the importance of grieving over our sins and asking God's forgiveness when we fail him. I know I have grieved over my sin and I also know that I am completely forgiven in Jesus. God is faithful and he's merciful. Because of his faithful love, God sent his precious son Jesus to die for our sins. Jesus has suffered in ways we cannot begin to imagine. To imagine. He is familiar with suffering and he understands our suffering fully. He understands our human frailty and our pain. So when we struggle in the spiritual life, when we wonder where God is, when we pray in doubt and darkness, sometimes there are seasons in life, sometimes when we pray, when we feel like our prayers are just hitting a wall and bouncing back to us. They're not. <laughs> That's just feelings. God is hearing every single one and he's just as near. Sometimes I um, am reminded about when my children were little and I would watch over them and try to um, start to teach them to grow up and become develop some independence. So even as a, as a tiny little child, I might walk around the corner so they can't see me, but I can still see them. And uh, I know they're safe because I'm watching over them, but they're getting the feeling of being alone and having to do this, you know, whatever they're doing by themselves for a little while. And, you know, I think God gives us times like that. It, it grows us up into maturity in him. We need to know by faith that he is what he says he is, who he says he is. He is there for us even when we don't feel it. Can I encourage you, don't rely on the feelings. We have to rely on the knowledge of God's word that what God says is true, the knowledge of who he is, that he does love us no matter how we feel, that he is there for us no matter how we feel. When we pray in doubt and darkness and even when we are close to despair, we're praying to Jesus who lived among us fully human and fully, fully divine, someone who understands us fully. As we bow before him in humility and repentance, our sins are instantly forgiven. That's instantly. And we have restoration in him. Every morning we have God's new mercies for forgiveness. And every morning we have God's new mercies to walk through another day. Our hope is in Jesus. He died for all of our sins, past, present and future. God, out of his great love for us, sent his precious son to die so that we could live as Scott told us about before. When you know Jesus and follow him, your soul will be at peace. 
He will never leave you. He will never stop loving you. It doesn't mean life will be easy all the time. But no matter what you are walking through, he has promised to walk with you and give you new mercies for every day. Jesus doesn't ask us to change, to become good people and get our lives right before we come to him. He loves us. He loves you just as you are and wants you to come to him just as you are. He sees you. And if you can imagine looking into his eyes, you will see love in its purest form. Total, unconditional, complete, never-ending, everlasting love. Can I encourage you this morning to put your hope in Jesus and wait on him. He will come to you and meet your needs in the very deepest places of your heart. There is no condemnation. Look into the eyes of your Saviour. There is only love. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning so deeply thankful for your great love for us, for your faithfulness and for your mercies which are new every morning. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend that we are of infinite worth to you in all of our brokenness. Yet, as we read your word, we know that is the truth. For anyone here or online that doesn't yet know Jesus, we pray with them, Lord Jesus, I confess I am a sinner and in need of you to save me. I know that even right now as I ask it, that my sins are forgiven by you. I thank you that as I turn from my past life and choose to live in relationship with you, that you will lead and guide me and I can look forward to spending all of eternity in heaven with you. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word, that no matter what we are struggling with, you are with us. You are for us. And that as we wake up to each new day, your mercies, compassion and faithfulness are there waiting to greet us. Thank you for your never-ending eternal love, which you have so freely poured out on us. We are blessed beyond imagining. We love you. We thank you. We are in awe of you and we give you all the praise and glory. In the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 